Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you on a Monday. I am Boyd Matheson. And if you're just tuning in today, uh, we have announced that this will no longer be the fastest 60 minutes in radio because beginning next Monday, we are going to do a an expanded two-hour Inside Sources every day, Monday through Friday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., uh, and it will really give us an opportunity to dig in just a little deeper on some of these issues, have some different level conversations as we try to really divide the rage from the reason and elevate the conversations and help you connect all those dots to make the news make sense uh, and connect to our community uh, in new ways that uh, that matter and that are really important. And so those kinds of conversations, uh, we obviously just had uh, Utah Senator Mike Lee talking about his experience down at the border. Fascinating. Uh, and now we're really pleased to have Derek Brown uh, join us. He is the chairman of the Utah Republican Party, state chair. And uh, he was on earlier with Dave and Debbie uh, talking about some of the things that have happened uh, over the weekend and uh, how that has impacted uh, the party at the uh, county level as well as the state level. And it's one of those where I wanted to have a, a little deeper conversation with Derek. And uh, so we're going to do that today. And, and uh, we're going to really start ramping that up uh, next week as we have a full two hours to dive in. But Derek, thanks for coming back on KSL News Radio today for an extended conversation. Happy to do it. And uh, happy to, uh, by the way, congratulations on, uh, on the one to three slot where you get to, instead of the fastest uh, 60 minutes, you'll get to pontificate for. <laughs> A couple of hours. So I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, good. Well, obviously, there's been a lot of controversy over the weekend relating to the, the party. And uh, uh, you and I were texting over the weekend. Uh, and uh, as all of those things came uh, about, uh, and and first, just I'll let you just share kind of your reaction, your response. Uh, what is it and uh, what does it really mean for the party moving forward? Well, and I appreciate uh, uh, David Debbie also clarifying that this is the Salt Lake County Party, and we effectively have 30 Republican parties in the state. We've got 29 county Republican parties, and then a state Republican Party. And as the head of the state party, I don't have the authority to go to one of those counties and tell them what they can and can't do, and which is which is a little bit you know frustrating at times. But you know, for the most part, I mean, we have phenomenal county party chairs. I mean, Stuart Pay in Utah yeah. County is amazing. Daniela Harding, she's the Davis County Chair. She's amazing. But, you know, we had some bad apples in Salt Lake County, and this weekend they got rooted out. And, you know, it's, it's nice to see that happen, but in the process of doing it, it always casts sort of a, a negative shadow on anyone and everyone who's involved in the process, even though 
we have an organization with thousands of volunteers. And so, you know, that my, my job is to help make clear what it is that happens, um, how we can improve going forward and to use this, you know, as an opportunity. Yeah, I, I think that's so vital and so important. We, we often talk about it's easy to uh, it's easy to shout at your enemies. The, the test is standing up to your friends. Uh, and those that are on you know your side of a particular issue, and uh, I think the state party clearly did that uh, over the weekend in terms of saying, "Hey, this is this is not it." You and I had had a discussion all the way back in 2016 uh, during the presidential race uh, that uh, it is these bad actors uh, that uh, perpetuate a lot of stereotypes and a lot of myths uh, in all kinds of different organizations. Uh, and we talked about the fact that within the Republican Party, some people would say, "Well, you know, this is just further." Uh, a further problem that the GOP has a woman problem. Uh, but we had the conversation of, no, this is also having a man problem, that there are thousands and millions of men in the Republican Party who say, you know what, if that's what it's about, I'm out. Well, and, and you know, individuals like myself, you and I are both married to brilliant, strong women and, you know, to, to see an organization that, that looks like this, I mean, it, it yeah, you, you know, the first response is to say, you know what, that's not something I want to be involved in. And so, you know, my job as the chair is to help people understand that this is an isolated thing. And, that, and, and it's, I'll tell you on a personal note, it's frustrating because I have spent the last two years recruiting, supporting, and help electing incredible women to office in the Republican Party here in Utah you know, I, I hired the first ever executive director of our party who's a female. And, you know, we have as many women working for us as men. I mean, it's it's an, it's an amazing operation. and We have a lot of women. And so to have a couple of these bad apples sort of cast this shadow is, is you know, it's frustrating. Yeah. You know, when I was talking with uh, Dave and Debbie this morning, uh, I went back to something that our lieutenant governor, Deidre Henderson, said in her inaugural address. And uh, she was the first lieutenant governor to actually give an inaugural address uh, in the in the past. Just the uh, the governors have given addresses. But uh, Lieutenant Governor Henderson uh, just had such a powerful close uh, to her speech. She talked about, you know, we need to have women at the table with a voice, not just to talk about women's issues, but to talk about all issues, or we need people of color at the table with a voice, not just to talk about minority issues, but to talk about all issues. And I think during your time as chair of the state party, uh, that kind of inclusion, that kind of valuing what everybody brings to the table has uh, has been an important part of that. Well, and I think it's important to have, you know, as a party, we want to show that, that it, it, I mean, we have differences in our party within the Republicans in terms of, you know, from a philosophical standpoint. And my job as chair has been to say, you know, we welcome everyone. I mean, I, I took some heat because I know there's some people in our party wanted me to come out against Mitt Romney after his vote on impeachment. And I said, no, the role of the party is to support the individuals that the party members elect. And that's what I'm going to, I will dis, exercise the discipline to do that and allow a diversity of voices. And this is exactly what we're doing here is we need that. As you said, it's a diversity of voices. And I think we'll be better off as a party um, if we use this as an opportunity to to make sure that you know women aren't there just to talk about their issues, but to talk about every issue. And a lot of times when, frankly, I think as a party, we do things that are foolish and that we need to go back and look at and go, oh, why do we do that? I think to myself something that my wife often says to me. She says, was a woman consulted before that decision was made? And quite often the answer is no. And so I, I think we can learn from that and we can do better.
Yeah, that's. Uh, uh, I think uh, I had a leader teach me one time that the the worst decisions ever made uh, have been made either by committees or groups that were comprised of all men, or groups or committees that were comprised of all women. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and just as a side note, we have. Ama- I mean, a lot of the folks that came out and that made this change happen over the weekend, which. It's painful at first, but long-term, it will be good for the party. It's a group of strong women. And the seven women who were attacked by this county party chair, um, you know, I I know each one of them. And after they they attacked, you know, it's interesting. Not only did the women come out and support them, but you had strong men. You had the governor of the state that came out. I mean, like, there was a lot of a lot of heat. And, you know, the reality is they, they do make a difference, and their voice is being heard with increasing frequency, and that's a good thing for our party and for our state. Yeah, absolutely. Derek Brown, uh, chairman of the state party, uh, for a little while longer. We're uh, sad you're not going to be there for the long (laughs) haul, uh, but we uh, appreciate that and uh, appreciate you joining us on Inside Sources today. Hey, thanks, boy. appreciate it. All right. Again, that's Derek Brown from the Utah GOP. Some great insight there, as always, from Derek. Uh, We're going to go ahead and step aside for bottom of the hour news. Just as a reminder... More Inside Sources beginning next week, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. every day, Monday through Friday. We'll be breaking it down and building it up right here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.